Welcome to episode number 67, The Lost Interview. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I am here with me, myself, and Gabe. <laughs> it's just me and Gabe today, folks. This one's titled The Lost Interview. It is an interview by my partner in crime, Gabe Rivera. And yes, he is interviewing myself uh, because of an error that we both made in the past over a year ago with a very interesting interview that we had, uh, a one-on-one Q&A, and um, we've never felt right uh, ever since. We felt so bad because it was almost an hour and some change it was just, uh, yeah. interview. And, and it, um, was, it was, especially in the very beginning when we were like first starting this, it was very much in the vein of what we wanted to do, like a purely conversational, and it was... It was lost in the mix, unfortunately. It was re- recorded incorrectly, so yeah, we never we got were, to use that for anything else. We were else. pretty like natural with the Q and A part too, which was like we almost like blew our you know our socks off because we we're like, dude, that was awesome. Like you gotta understand, we recorded the whole thing thinking it was actually capturing what our interview was about, or or even just our conversation in general. So we were extremely excited um, that we nailed it for once because. Before, we were doing like a group setting thing. We had yeah. a couple of trials or whatever. And then one day, uh, we, we purchased new uh, equipment and we're just testing it out. Yeah, I was trying to get the and feel then, for the new stuff. And I just, I, yeah, I just came here not having fully everything equipped on. And we were already talking to each other about yeah. random, you know, about the kind of the stuff anyway. Right. And like, oh, let's just hit record and keep it going and not realizing that it was nothing, everything wasn't fully functional and we just, missed the actual full proper recording of it and it's one of those things that you can't truly recapture no it it was like i was you know very passionate about what i was saying and that's just something you cannot just repeat even if i even if i even if even though it was me i can't redo that because i was in that moment um and and the questions that were being fired were also in the moment nothing was written down it was genuine as genuine can be um, so we are going to come, try to come as close as we can, um, to that interview. At least that vibe of it. At least to the vibe. Yeah. Um, I, I will never take away and I will always remember that interview and I'll never take away from it. But, uh, it was one of the saddest times yeah. at the rotated views. When uh, I like, when I went back to camp, re-listen to it and like, uh, I was like, darn. I was like, it was like a purely like deflating moment, unfortunately. So if you're new. Thank you for joining us. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Don't forget to download and subscribe. And um, we usually kick things off with a definition. Um, but uh, Today's definition is a Jimmy Lee. Yeah, today's definition is just going to be myself. And uh, we are going to get right into it. Off the top, I'll kick things off. Okay. Um, and it's really just going to be a Q&A, gay bombing me with questions and just whatever the, you know, the conversation takes us, takes us. Um, but I just want to give people a little bio about myself okay, sure, before absolutely. we got, you know, things started. So my name is Jimmy Lee Velez. I am married to my beautiful wife, Kellyanne Velez, and we have a 
fabulous, wonderful, energetic, talkative son, James Bennett Velez. I received my bachelor's degree from Temple University. I have a bachelor's of science in the concentration of health information management. I'm currently enrolled at Drexel University in the city of Philadelphia as well, uh, going for my MBA. Uh, the whole point was in 2006, I was introduced to the personal development industry. I had a complete paradigm shift. Um, in all honesty, I was going in the right direction, but I was probably still just getting in my own way and slowing things down. When I found the personal development industry, when I was introduced, everything seemed to accelerate. Um, I became very passionate and as I mentioned before, I had a complete paradigm shift in the correct direction on how I wanted to approach life. And, uh, and what I wanted to provide and give back uh, to the world uh, when it came to my talents and, and, you know, really just what I believe what I was born for. Um, and that is helping other people become the best versions of themselves. And it was actually my buddy Gabe who introduced me to a home-based business um, that really focused on the education. They truly believed that if you were different, if you changed the way you approach life on the inside, that the outside results will eventually show. So it wasn't just about you know selling soap. It was more about becoming a huge asset to your own life yeah, and changing absolutely. internally, so then that you could uh, you know externally get results. Yes, definitely. and uh, so so with that. Um, obviously, um, you know, I moved on, but I kept the personal development thing at the forefront of my entire life to the fact that to the point where I got, you know, an entire library filled, uh, with personal development books, self-help books, professional books, uh, you know, like money-making books and all those things, um, that basically make the person that I am today. And I just want to read as much as I can so that I can, um, I don't know how to explain it. So I can then give it back to the yeah. world. So I was on I was on one of those things where someone told me a while ago that, you know, God's gift to you is life and your gift back is what you did do with it, yeah. right? Um, so whatever talents he's blessed you with, it's how are you going to sharpen them um, to basically become, you know, the individual you're supposed to be to be the the at the top of your entire meaning of being here the pinnacle of who you're supposed to be that is worked on day in and day out um and and that that was just i've been on that kick ever since like i said since 2006 um and to the point where i have my own personal development uh website um i have a motivational you know album out that kind of has you know like real cool beats in the background i'm giving like these little motivational talks um i have a book out titled the motivation files um at the motivationfiles.com and uh and here i am here a year and a, and some change deep with the rotated views podcast that is also family friendly positive uplifting um and, and very energetic with interesting topics that are helping literally everyone to become uh, the best versions of themselves. And if you go on any of my social media outlets, everything's all positive. Everything's family-oriented, kid-friendly. Um, and like I said, I'm not sure where I would be now, but I know I'm at the best place I could be because of that introduction to the personal development industry. Yes, and, and that's where actually I want to kind of start with some of that too. Is that the, obviously, that's... And, College and everything, that's where me and you obviously 
our friendship began from there too. So, well, first, how did you get into HI or the yeah? So the health information management because that was like a a health professional's major. Like that's like a a, uh, like a two year program almost at the tail end of your college career, right? Yeah. So did you? But there's no undergrad for that, right? No, no, no. That is the no. That is the undergrad. So I mean, there's no there's no like because is that like a, a starting curriculum like. Yeah. So what happened was um, I was actually going to school for physical therapy. Okay. And uh, so I was taking all my, my core classes were obviously going to help to take core classes your first couple of years yeah. anyway. But any majors mostly. Right. Like that anyway. And then the second half of your degree is really when it concentrates to, you know, what you're doing. Um, so that's basically what happened with me. Uh, but long story short, I was in a club, a uh physical therapy club where it's like after after hours classes uh, a bunch of other kids who were in in the major would come in and just starts twisting ankles and yeah no no no. there was no practices it was just kind of like like building the camaraderie like we weren't obviously you're not allowed to practice you're not a licensed uh pt but you we would talk about what the future would maybe hold and and where we would go from here so they would have previous grads come in and talk to us and tell us like real life examples of you know, how, you know, how it is on the field, out in the field or whatever. Gotcha. I think that's sort of, I guess for engineering, because that's where I, when I went to school, is the IEEE club, which stuff like, is the engineering things. They have, like they said, previous members or, uh, was it, graduates and stuff come in and talk to you and kind of tell you the rings of the things. So, like, same idea. Exactly. So, one day, uh, one of these guys who came in, um, literally just graduated three months prior or something like that. Um, I, I, I didn't really, didn't capture that part but i know he was like a newly you know it was like a new grad okay whether it was like within a year or two years something like that like he's very new to temple i mean to the you know to the professional world and just had graduated from temple he comes in and tells us that he's part of a lawsuit and that you know one of the you know patients you know suing them for x y and z now i don't remember fully because my mind just went in a complete blur (laughs) and i'm standing there and all i could think was there's no way in, in the world um, that I'm going to get this, you know, doctor's degree and it, you know, and immediately at any moment, yeah, someone who just wants to take up a legal case with me could just do it. Um, and it, it just freaked me out. Maybe yeah. it was an overreaction. I don't know. But for me, it freaked me out. And that's all I could think about because the dude just looked so sad. Like he was just sad. Like he's in his mind, how I took it was like this dude went all this hard work and now this is where he is. Yeah. Um, which I don't know, somebody may, might be able to obviously educate me and it might not, maybe that's like a normal thing and whatever. Well, I guess but that's why the way have, I took yeah. it, I was like, what? So that was my, especially you're still in school. And then yeah, it was my sophomore like, year. So my sophomore year, that's when I started looking at any other major that I still was in the healthcare industry because I love the healthcare industry. And, um, I just was now looking for, you know, non- non-patient care okay so somewhere you know in the back you know in the behind the scenes kind of thing and um i started talking to one of my buddies and he's like oh dude you, he looked at all like all the classes i already took he's like you're right in line except for like two classes you need to take for him health information management i'm like what in the world is that he's like it's exactly what it sounds like you are basically managing medical records um obviously that entails a lot of stuff sure um but that's just a very basic, uh, you know, you know, definition of it. So I said, okay. So I went, you know, went to the counselor, met the appropriate people, started sending out a bunch of emails. And um, 
from there it was like you know you got to take two classes you got to take them in the summer if you want to start your junior year for the two-year program because you have to start in the beginning you have to start in the fall it's not yeah it's, it's not staggered like you have to start when they started or if you miss the boat you miss the boat you, you have, have to, to wait go, a wait whole other year. year yeah uh, what that's how it was when i was there I'm, uh, sure, I think, I'm sure they I changed it. I think that kind of curriculum, especially as like a two-year program thing, I think yeah. you, have, you have no choice but to start. Yeah, because I think it's the same professors teach both. Yeah. So yeah. whatever you have to take in the fall, you, you get the second portion of it in the, in the spring. Exactly. So, and they each semester builds off the next one. Yeah, so exactly. you had like a level one class and in the fall you'll have, or I mean in the spring you'll have a level two. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like uh, you have to take this in order. So anyway, so I passed those two classes. I took summer courses to make up the two things that I needed. Um the pre the prerequisites that I needed and I started my junior year so I gra- still graduated in four years okay yeah um, it was a power packed four years yeah but, that's right uh, I, and I met you it was that summer after your junior year right yeah or, or like the tail end of your junior year the tail end of my junior year going into my senior year and that was and you starting there was just more happenstance because somebody else in that group the special programs that we kind of talked about last week somebody still having to drop out or didn't want to do it or something. So Gabe, Gabe worked at uh, internal medicine for Temple University. So it's part of the hospital. Um, oh, well, it's outside the hospital, but it's a building next to the hospital. Um, and he was dealing in, you know, the medical records department. And they came, I guess, somebody from, you know, my class was working there and just kind of uh, resigned or whatever. And they came to our class and said, oh, we need one more, you know, worker, student worker, if anybody's interested. I'm like, I'm interested, whatever. So then I got the job. I went through, you know, everything you had to go through. And Gabe was basically my, like, supervisor. So whatever. So me and him were just, you know, talking, going back and forth. He's like, oh, you know, we found out, you know, you're Puerto Rican, so am I. And the funny thing is, too, especially in the beginning was that. It was always kind of like a high and buy type thing. Like I, I, you came in. I, remember, I always remember randomly, like if you come in, like with your bike, something. My bike seat. Yeah, the, I, I was thinking, say the wheel, but that, that seemed like too much. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was in the very beginning of maybe the first like, I don't know, a few weeks or something. It was just like always like a high and buy. I brought the records upstairs. And I think a few times you came by yourself and just chilled up there and did what did the work you used to do. Yeah. But then there was one time. That's what actually we got like super acquainted. Was like I think I stood up there for like. A good long while. I just talking about like everything, music and yeah, yeah, yeah. culture and everything. Well, I think it was it was like a day where we got shortchanged. Somebody who was supposed to come in didn't come in, but something had yeah, to get done. Cause, cause, so you actually started like working at the desk next to me, like just yeah. kind of helping out or whatever. And then while we're doing that, we just a conversation just kind of like because yeah, it was because I do remember it was it was literally just me and you in the room that we were using, yeah. the spare room that we were using upstairs. Um, yeah, and it was just ha- random as heck that. That even started up. Dude, we were like taking charts, taking them out of uh, like the old school manila folders. Because it putting was, them in order. they were being expanded is what it was. They had, it was like from like four sections to like six sections. So that's what it was a special right. project of them trying to like organize everything and re-put it, repurpose them into like more detailed, I guess, um, ver- parts of the chart. Exactly. <clears throat> so we were like assembling... Uh, these new charts. I guess like reassembling. Reassembling them. But anyway, it, it was it was a it was a cool gig. I mean, you're putting you know charts together in air conditioned uh, yeah you know, facility, and uh, I mean you were you were in the field. That was part well, of the yeah, field that I was you know getting acquainted with. I was getting my name out there. I mean, I don't know. And it was attached. That's where I, it was on a health science campus. That's where I took my classes. Yeah, exactly. It was you're, like and a you, win-win. Yeah, and it was in the same building that you met your teachers and everything in too. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of worked out. Um, yeah, yeah. But so obviously, obviously, when when we started at Queen, then I that's when I started talking to you about it because I I was actually somewhat freshly new into the the business um, 
personal development business too, like yeah. the home based business. Yeah. And that's when I, I remember speaking to you about it and like, I don't know, you were totally confused when I first talked to you about it. I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> so I just I, went with it. And I'm like, okay. He's like, oh, I got a guy who's going to, you know, who knows a guy kind of thing. And it's like, that, right. it probably sounded, especially so, me being new, it sounded shady as hell. Yeah. So. so it was like one meeting led to another meeting, led to just me being a part of it. And it's just a cool vibe, cool people. Um, but obviously, like, go, and going back, a little, I guess, a little before that, too, because obviously you have to be open to that thing. Because the fact that I, me being new, I didn't fully explain it probably properly, and you you had to be open to that type of situation. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we have, all, have always had, you know, entrepreneurship running through our veins and, you know, money-making ideas always coming uh, and going. So, of course, someone started talking about making a passive income or an income on the side, as they always say. Um, yeah, it piqued my interest. So he showed me his videos, showed me all this stuff about you know the business. I was confused as anything. Still, <laughs> I still didn't know what was going on because it went from like, oh, I got this thing. I want to show, oh, just watch this video. And I kept asking questions. He's like, oh, I can't answer no questions. And I'm like, okay. So he puts on this video and I'm just watching. I'm like, I don't know what I'm watching. Like, what is this? He's like, oh, you can make money. I'm like, okay. So then I just sat there and watched. I'm like, uh, okay. He's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you available Thursday night? I have a guy who's going to explain it. I'm like, okay. So they just kept leading me on to the next the next thing, and since he kept saying you can make you know you can make money and that he has a you know like a 18 year old mentor, which that meant the guy was like a year younger than me, and I'm like, what? And I think at that point, my I think I was I don't know how old I was too, but he was like a few years younger than me. I was 21. Going I think he was yeah he was 19 I think, and he was like 19, 18 or 19 years old. I'm like, what? Wait, hold on. He's like, yeah, this dude's making real good money, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, obviously, any normal person who's never been exposed to this stuff, you know, um, and we're talking over 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel like it seems like Yeah, that long so, ago, I mean, um, you know, so the industry's been around for a while. But anyway, long story short, I got involved. And they, yes, it was like buy these products and, you know, you sell them. But their main focus, yeah. I kid you not, was the education. That was the biggest thing. And I tell these guys all the time, that's what kept me around is because I saw myself grow literally right before my eyes. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's the thing too. It's like even though like I personally wasn't, you know, financially wasn't doing like amazing in there or whatever, but it was the self-growth that was in there. And I, that's, and I guess someone in the same vein too, it was like that I was looking for something different too. For the fact, it was like... I had come out like some hardships and stuff. But prior to that, I was like, I need something more positive to be yeah. in my life, you know, to kind of gear me in the right direction for something. Yeah. And, you know, that was too. It was like the education was the hugest part of what I've taken away from even, you know, since I'm way outside of that, of being part of that anyway, too, was the education part of it. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I was at Temple going into my senior year stressed out as stressed out can get. I mean, it was just like the, the well, pinnacle yeah. of me being, you know, you're taking... 18 credit uh, semesters and like it was like I said before it was one of those things if you failed one class you were held back for a whole other year because they didn't offer it the yeah. next semester so it was brutal so it was like everything was riding on this I'm like I gotta finish and I had this thing that I had to finish in four years yeah. um, so anyway the, the personal development got me through how to handle stress yeah. how to you know act professional um how to schedule, uh, you know, my day out properly, and, and really organize my life in a way that I was able to take on all those extracurricular things that I was doing, plus the part time job, plus doing flag football, uh, you intramural like sports, and softball, uh, basketball. Um, you know, obviously had like a social life, so it was like yeah. all these things, 
and I was doing this home-based business. I mean, it was incredible when you started looking at the schedule. I was never afraid of work. It was just putting it all together the proper way. Yep. And finally, yep. I met someone, not met someone, I met a group of people who showed me how to properly organize. And really, it was when I first uh, became truly disciplined, because I was disciplined yep. before, but you know, that's truly disciplined because that was saying no to a lot of stuff. And saying yes to my dreams is kind of how yeah. the best way to put, put it. Put everything aside. Like the I guess they always thought was the um, you put delayed it gratitude, the, delayed gratification, the, delayed gratification. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's that that mentality of you, you know what you want and doing things properly to get that the proper way. Because you know that even within that business, even though yeah, it seemed like you know when you're very beginning, you always see is numbers and money and stuff like that too. But it was the whole they always taught was fast money is not good money. Right. That type of situation where it was, if you do it properly, if you build stuff properly, not even within that business, just in general, which was the whole biggest thing we talked from there was the business principles. Right. Was that you can you can apply to everything. Was that if you do something properly, it'll it'll be a foundation that you can completely grow upon. Yeah, and that, that's where that's where I am. That's why I built the entire foundation off of. So yeah. So did you do any? You did you ever do anything similar like that before? Like prior to that, or no? Did you ever try any any other like? I mean, you said you did, you did do the, um, with your dad, you always went to like the flea market and stuff like that too. Yeah. No, I mean, we've, I've done stuff where I like quote flipped money, like, you know, um, uh, like at flea markets and stuff where we would just stock up a bunch of, you know, what people call quote junk and we would sell it at the flea market. Um, but there was nothing, uh, nothing like organized. That was no, like, there was nothing like organized in that sense. No. Um, but then you- after that, well, I did a bunch of other stuff like, you know, with, you know, like internet sales and internet marketing yeah. and all that stuff. That was, you know, that, that tailspinned all off into itself. And then, yeah, and then I did something like investing in uh, precious metals and stuff like that. But that came after all this. That became, you know, my thing after that. I, I came fixated on, you know, um, you know, money making ideas outside of my main income. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, um, so, but actually going back to college, I was actually thinking about this the other day. It was like that because that was you, you said that was the first. You're the first one, like I guess, in your immediate family that did college, right? Yes, that yeah, that well, that got there, that finished really. Okay, because uh, we had I have my brothers both attempted it, but oh, okay, um, yeah, that finished. Um, so I was the first one in my family to get their you know the bachelor's degree. So yeah, it was I mean it was a, it was a really big deal, and I, there was that all, that was also adding to that was the, adding pressure. the pressure of all that. Yeah, that no one else put on me. Um, I, I just think I just put it on myself, and once I set the goal, to me it's semi scary because I know I'm not going to give up until I do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, until I complete the job. So and that, that seems like kind of going back to somewhere like part of a conversation like last week we were having too was like. Especially like very early on of, of like the whole resilience of like obviously you had the whole issue with like the second grade going to uh, trying to hold you back like in that yeah. very early it was like trying to like that early resilience and obviously your parents fought for you too it's like you didn't have the the frame to do that on your own immediately but I guess that taught you resilience super early oh yeah my I mean growing up my mom did a home based business my mom did Mary Kay. Uh, so we saw her go through that whole transition stage and having people over and doing those little things. So I saw that to me, it was no like shocker once the business fully got explained to me of what this is. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm familiar with that. And even like 
growing up, going to, um, you know, like in school and sports, like in, you know, I remember in elementary school, we had to sell like candy to go on like a school trip oh, yeah. or whatever. And the I had like the number one sales, like in our, in our, you know, grade or whatever it was. And I was just on a mission. I sold like, in like three days, I sold 500 pieces of candy. Holy smokes. And, you know, and it wasn't like, oh, my mom took the box to work. It was, I sold every single one. Oh, yeah. Because that, that's what we always yeah. see now. It's like, yeah. there'd be like, around the same time, you have like eight different people bring in the, either right. the order forms or the, the giant box of candy. Yeah, for sure. And then like, when we were in high school, we we uh, we went to go to a tournament down in Florida. Now we're in the PA area. So we went to fly down to Florida and be part of a uh, this baseball tournament and to do that we had to raise a certain amount of money so we were selling we had coin tosses selling t-shirts doing all kinds of fundraiser type stuff uh, to raise money so you know raising money um, you know knocking door to door from when I was a kid selling at the flea market being exposed to home-based business it was kind of already like running through my blood kind of thing um, you know my dad always had multiple jobs I remember my dad had like three or four jobs at one time it was a handyman too so um, so that's hard labor too yeah so it was a lot going on and, and i grew up basically with that kind of mentality like just get it you know how you can really um and and you know that's so so when i got you know introduced to that stuff but this was different that was like more of like money making stuff okay this was changing the way i was the thinking mentality yes the mentality behind it that's why it was so different for me um like i said i've been that's around why you attached to it so well. yes that's why i attached to it and it was beyond the business part. Like like you said, I, like, I didn't make crazy amount of income. Um, I was probably making like a couple hundred bucks a month. And not even, because I was putting out more money. Than, yeah. So I was in the red, um, I think, in two and a half years, probably like way more than half. Yeah. That. Um, so, but... I wasn't even sticking around for the income, honestly. I was sticking around from the com- camaraderie yeah. because there was a bunch of leaders there oh, who not only knew how to present themselves, not only knew how to, they knew how to handle themselves, yeah. they knew how to talk, they knew how to face confrontation. They were fighting their fears. They were going out there and making themselves vulnerable to the fears of not being able to overcome and 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 dealing with that. So it was like, if I don't do this, will I regret it kind of thing? Yeah. Is that is talking to that person bigger yeah. than my dream? So they give you all these like little key things to think about and it helps you to become an overcomer. And it helps you to become aggressive but in a, an intelligent way. Yeah. So now you're not just being an, an all-out beast like people like to say. And when someone says it of, you know, like a, like a sport, that, yeah, you can just bum rush to a bunch of stuff. And even in life and business, yeah, you could do that, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. So you want that, that energy to be sustainable. You want they call it like sustainable success. And that is what you want. Something that anybody and everybody can do because they have the mentality to do it. Exactly. And that's what like brute forcing your way through it, like you were saying, like it's not the, right. it's almost like the, the quick version of it. It was like, you can't, you can, yeah, it might give you a small like success rate or whatever it is, but it's not going to, it's not sustainable. Like you said, it's not sustainable. Um, yeah, this was totally different. And, and like I said, I was using it outside of, you know, business, the business no, world. I was using it for school. I was, you know, Basically, you know, shining myself up to be a, you know, a professional because I was about to get my degree 
and uh, taught me how to, you know, dress properly professionally. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. I mean, someone who's like, I oh, just slap a suit together, but yeah. you know, where where the pants proper are supposed tire. to, yeah, where the pants are supposed to land, how to tie a proper tie, all this stuff. What, there was a whole thing with like tying the Windsor tie. Oh yeah, tying nuts. the Windsor tie, even just like being properly shaven yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like th- that's what I'm saying. It was a personal development thing more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. and once that you start building confidence internally. Your, quote, salesmanship or whatever else that you want to, um, you know, deliver to the world, that's going to come because that stuff is going to come. You know what they say? You look good. You feel good. But not only that. So now you're dressed sharp. But now you have a very sharp mind to go along with it. And even like in like they always said like that the people buy into you more than they buy into your product. So yeah, if you present your properly, of course they're gonna, and you're respectable and you look proper, like of course they're gonna buy, at least maybe an initial view of it. At least okay, I'll at least listen to this guy, as opposed to oh yeah, absolutely, as opposed to immediately write you off. Yeah, for sure. I mean, literally, like I I I use tactics day in and day out from that I learned ten years ago. So I mean, to say that it had an impact is an understatement. Yeah, it literally they changed my life. So I mean, like I said. It was uh, it was one of those things that I just ran with, and I never stopped. I still had goals of reading one book a month. I still, uh, I literally, till this day, even just driving home, you know, I'm listening to personal development podcasts and stuff that's, you know, talking about success habits and success principles. Because um, one thing that I learned was the success principles are um, it's 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 its own language, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. So whether you're playing sports or whether you're Absolutely. you know in big business, which is why corporate they, guy, and which is why they we heard a lot of sports analogies and sports that type of business like that, especially with uh, what was the the football coach like, Vince Lombardi? Yes, Vince Lombardi, and they were like at the time like Tiger Woods was huge in his games, like type of stuff like it, those examples because those are the same types of uh, mentalities and um, ethics, like work ethics that you people look forward to like Michael Jordan stuff like that too. Yeah. And there was also talking about um, how to be financially intelligent. I mean, it was t- telling me how, basically teaching me how to handle my money properly, how to knock out debt, how to do all that kind of stuff. So you got to think I'm a senior at a college coming out of that. And I'm like equipped because I was listening to this stuff for a yeah. whole year. And most people don't have that because obviously college teaches you, you know, you, you're, you're preparing for your job, but they don't teach you how to, how to remove the debt of, you know, that entire mortgage that you get at, when you leave college. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I, from that from that point forward, um, like I said, I, you know, I moved forward from um, the, the home-based business stuff, but I still stayed in the realm of studying and making myself better every day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what, like, we, we had, like, the backyard talks. So it was always, I think it was, it, was, it might have been even in the midst of all, like, before... I mean, you both left left that business. It was you were talking about writing the books and talking about like yeah. we were always you always had written down something like it w- I guess it was lyrics for the most part, but it was it was more like written word, spoken poetry type like stuff. Spoken word, which stuff. I mean, which was extreme precursors to kind of the stuff you've done now anyway. Yeah. Which is you know the the rotated I say the rotated views, but yeah, rotated views. Rotated that, that's views that's, that's a, another precursor to all this stuff. The too. motivation files. The motivation, exactly. And that's what. And obviously, you did the your projects in reverse, but you always had that. That part was always a part of you anyway. I mean, was music a big part of growing up? Because obviously, music and poetry are kind of hand in hand anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just taking one step back though, but it it taught me 
proper goal setting. Yes. So I was taught proper goal setting. So I wasn't just saying some like randomly lofty thing and, you know, uh, becoming frustrated because my expectations were, didn't meet with, you know, my actions kind of thing, um, or my results. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, so going back to your question, yeah, music, of course, uh, we're Puerto Rican, so yeah, well, yeah. we're our, in our culture. Music is is always on. Or someone's always singing. Um, oh, that's true. So yeah, music played a huge influence, um, just in my life alone. But uh, yeah, going from there in high school, I, I, I you know I dove into a bunch of different genres, and uh, that's kind of where I got you know like my motivation to get through high school. Really, it was just like you know these like kind of pump you up. Not to sound cheesy, but pump you up kind of songs, yeah. you know, for sports and working out oh, sure. and, and, and studying and just kind of like, you know, alleviating myself from, you know, the pressures of that, that life, the, you know, your adolescence. Oh, sure. But, um, the teen angst. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I mean, that carried on through college. I mean, without music, same thing. I mean, yeah. that was an outlet for me, just listening to music and writing and, and drawing and painting and doing all these other stuff was, you know, it's one of those things. I don't know if you guys remember, but when Apple came out with one of their, you know, the iPad Nano or something, on the back of it, you can get it, like, etched or whatever for no, free yeah. if you ordered it from their website or whatever. And I remember getting, um, you know, Art Saved Me uh, engraved on the back of my thing. And Art was all of those things I just spoke about, whether it was me writing, listening to music. Um, drawing, whatever, is all those things combined got me through. So then I was able to use, um, you know, my my creative side to get me through. But you know, came my senior year, I was now having to face the pressures of being an adult once I graduated, mm. like in a real adult, like yeah. in the real world, paying all my bills because the student loans were going to start kicking yeah. in. I had to, you know, develop yeah, I mean, give an you income. A few months to, to deal with that. So I kind of put that stuff to the side and that's when I put all my energy into, uh, you know, personal development. Okay. Yeah, so then, sense. and then, you know, and then I would go back after a while, you know, you get tired of this stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm beating my head over with yeah. the same, you know, so then you, then I was allowing myself to then, you know, draw something. To dive back into it. I was always writing, though. I always wrote throughout the entire time. Because you, know, you show me, like, notebooks of stuff. You just... Notebooks. Ra- writings notebooks. Of, of everything. Oh, I was always writing. It was just... It was an outlet for me. Yeah. Um, I, I was... And I also found fun in trying to, you know, put things together and storylines. And just something about that was, uh, you know, an outlet for me that, you know, took me away. Almost. Yeah. Just well, I guess that's what escaped. I guess most, what most artists. I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't want to sound cliche, but I mean, that's what that's escapism. I mean, everybody has it in their own way. Obviously, yours is the more artistic side of it. Yeah, and it, going along with that, it's just something about seeing what you're about to create. Yeah. Because um, sometimes you might. Sometimes I'm not the artist that every time I sat down, I knew exactly what I wanted. Some people are like that. That's not me. Sometimes I know half of what I. I feel like for me, I know about like 35 to 40% of what I want. I know what I want to do down to like 5%. I'm I'm like in that range. I'm not in a high range of knowing. Because then after that, I kind of just let it take off itself. And that's what like the one time you, I think you were explaining, it was something, some kind of like drawing that you said, you sometimes you just, just put the pen down and like, you just won't take it up. You won't pick up the pen because you know, the, 
lifting out the pen. It's like it, you you want to create what it what it's supposed to be, whatever that's in your mind. I guess yeah. whatever it is that once you take off the pen, that's the that's the end of the drawing. Yeah, I used to sketch in pen too because obviously you can't erase pen. So yeah. they always say that there's no mistakes in art, and so I went with that you know ideology that. There was no mistakes where I can tell you now there's mistakes in art. <laughs> um, but uh, I just kind of went with that just for, you know, just, and it was almost like a challenge. Yeah. But there, like I was saying from before, there was like this element of surprise sure. when I didn't know what I was actually drawing. Absolutely. And I was just like, let me see what I can come up with. And it reminds me like the, um, it, like that whole situation, like you, one, one, you can mask quote unquote mistakes in art. Cause if you make it look good enough, yeah, you, you won't see the the errors because you you assume that's how it was supposed to be but at the same time i just tell people it's art yeah there you go but i think that reminds me of like the the one drake line it was like the you made a decision but you have to prove you made the right decision yeah 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 it's it, it is and actually that's how life um is approached in in many ways on, on my end i mean sometimes i don't know if i made the right decision but i'm 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 going with it and yeah. i'm gonna run with it and um I also have like a deep faith, so I, I believe a lot of this ninety nine percent of the stuff that I do isn't. I'm not reacting. It's a lot of it is like it's it was planned from before, and I'm picking up these old memories. Like yeah, you know, you know, at some point you wanted to do this. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just a random decision, you know. Like me, you know, I'm not. I can be a spontaneous person, but when it comes to like the big things in life, I'm not spontaneous. Yeah. Um, you know, like oh, yeah, I'll have a spontaneous Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean with my family and just do a bunch of random stuff and actually get like a kick out of it. And I love that a little adventurous part. Um, you don't yeah, want to take that away. But yeah, it was case in point is you said the whole cause that took the I guess the principles of everything you learned was applying when you were planning for your wedding. Exactly, and that's what like that whole you planned everything out to the T. What exactly you had your second job at that point, everything. All the money you supposed to spend that week, everything that it was a culmination of everything just to get ready for that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, at that time, I was also like a, uh, a Dave Ramsey soldier. Yeah. Uh, who's a this guy's like a financial advisor for the go, those guys who don't know. I mean, he's worth like tens of millions of dollars, uh, but he has a, a talk show, the Dave Ramsey show, that I was listening to, and he has this whole concept of you know how to handle your money. Um, but yeah, so I was so I was smart enough to grab enough nuggets and, you know, smack them together and make something. Um, but yeah, that's how we saved up for the house. That's how we paid off debt. That's how we saved up for the wedding. Um, that's how we got a lot of stuff done, obviously. Uh, cause otherwise it was never taught like how to handle money was never taught to me. Um, not directly. Yeah. No. Um, you know, save this and save that, and you know, sure, you always. Oh, but it was just basic few, stuff. Put a few bucks aside every time you get paid, and you have you bought right. It's like, but I'm talking about like hardcore money management. Yeah, no, absolutely, totally different. Um, so yeah, so the years carried on, and like I said, I was still doing, um, you know, stuff like that. I was, like I said, I was investing in precious metals. I had oh, yeah. fun doing that. Um, I'm still invested in precious metals, not as heavily as I was before. That was just outright fun. I mean, I had fun with it because it was the first time it was my own idea. Yeah. <laughs> where I found, I was doing some research on, you know, what, you know, what, what, you know, some of the investment options were. It wasn't like someone, again, it wasn't like someone came knocking to my house or a friend talked to me about it or, you know, I read, a, you know, read about it in some like random article. I was doing my own actual research and, uh, you know, of a book I read, uh, there's a guy named Robert Kiyosaki, 
uh, rich. He wrote Rich Dad, yeah. Poor Dad. Uh, he had a guy there that was on his team. I believe his name is Mike Maloney. And Mike Maloney, I think that's how that's that's who it is. He um, he 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 was really their their precious metal guy when it came to um, investing. And then from there, that's when YouTube was really really hot with those videos. And I was just watching video after video, not really watching. I was really like listening. Uh, in the background, just because they're like telling you what to do, dude. I mean, I was like hours on end listening to this stuff, um, and and I got really uh, passionate about investing in precious metals. That I mean, it, well, I it, mean, it got crazy, but I mean, it paid off. Uh, it too, so. really, really, really paid off. Um, so yeah, so so that was that was some really cool stuff. But yeah, so. Yes, exactly. So that mentality still remains. I mean, even now, where I'm, you know, stock investing and and doing that kind of stuff, it's still the same mentality. Where, but even like some of the, like the envelope, like the stuff you're doing for the wedding, the envelope, you still do that to this day. Some of that, I still do that to this day. Yeah, the envelope system. So for those who aren't familiar, it's like I said, I don't want to butcher the entire concept, but go to DaveRamsey.com or uh, free promo for him. But yeah, his his uh, snowball method or snowball something. Um, that that method of paying off debt and, and approaching your finances was I still he has an envelope system that you basically divide all your monies up into these different separate envelopes and it's in cash. So uh, apparently there's research done saying that you know people who use cash spend less because it's something about there's a stimulus that it's it's painful watching it leave your hand yeah. whereas a card you actually don't see the amount go down no you're exactly. just swiping a piece of well, plastic yeah, it's really like a it's a budgeting tool yeah so you know you know how much roundabout how much you spend on gas you spend you know 50 bucks every week on gas or whatever it is uh for your vehicle then you just put the 100 bucks away and you know an envelope for the next two weeks um you know how much you spend around about on food and you just stick to those things. You can't go past that budget. Well, when you do that, you realize how much you just spend on a regular basis on just junk. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... Or even like some like write, just writing down everything you spend would give you like a right. visual like, like what the heck am I I think it was Henry Ford. I'm not sure if it was Henry Ford. I think it was Henry Ford. Um, he did that his entire life. Just like write down... Yeah, you're talking everything. about like a millionaire, and today's like money's been, a, you know, like a billionaire. Oh, I could imagine, yeah. And he wrote down every penny he spent. Huh. Literally, because back in the day, pennies well, were actually, actually worth something. I was gonna say, <laughs> uh, you know, to you know, put it all together, I had a, I continue to get new mind frames on how to approach life, but they're all building on top of each other. Because even said, like you said, the some of the, a lot of the books and stuff you get. It may quote unquote like retread the same information, but it it gives you like different perspectives on the same type of situation, same situation. Yeah, I mean, just think about like the fitness industry. How many fitness plans are people sure, going to come absolutely. out with? How many programs are there out there? Some diets. It's and all them. the same stuff down to the core, and I'm talking about the stuff that works. I'm not talking about the junk. No, no, just absolutely. like just like that, there's a bunch of junky books out there. Even if even if even if it is in the personal development self help industry, there's some junk out there. Because there are, and I read them. There are garbage quick books and all that crap. Yes. Well, not even that. It's just the advice that the quote, the air quote advice that they're giving you yeah. is not really advice. They're they're probably you know giving you sayings. It's yeah. It's just they're just they're just regurgitating. It's like just regurgitated things. information twisted up in some other weirdo way. Um, but I I enjoy the books that yes concepts might be regurgitated. 
And yes, it's twisted into their own mindset, but they're also adding stuff. Well, that's, that's what I was. That's what I was more was going for. I, I know there was like, yeah, there are no those like the the terrible books, like anything else. Like you said, those, those terrible things in any medium. But I was saying the ones that you actually gain something from them that quote unquote may retreat this new information, but they do it in a new way that's either yes. more interesting or more gives you a better perspective of yeah. that you made up that a book maybe like that um that might have been written years ago has an older perspective on it but a newer person more uh like more modern version like a retelling of like the similar like examples and stuff that makes exactly sense. Yeah, yeah i mean there's books that were written the late 1800s and early 1900s uh, that their information is used today in the personal development industry. They didn't, it wasn't called that then. No, it was, it was called like New Thought Author. That's what they called them. New Thought, like New N E W Thought. Um, huh. So the, it, just because they're so so different. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody it, thought that way. Or that's what the um, what was the one author? You said? Or if they did think that the way, they weren't allowed to think that way. Well, that's the one book you said had to. The version that most everybody uses is the watered down version. Yeah, there's a lot of that out there. Um, in the early 1900s, there's only a few the, people controlled, like the United States, and yeah. literally, these wealthy people um, even helped the government and its military with funding. That's how wealthy these guys were. That the government tapped into them when they were going to war or were then needed it for the military. I mean, it was that level of wealth for an individual, one person. So, you know, there's a lot of research done on these guys. And, 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 you know, one of the guys who, uh, was extremely wealthy was a guy named, uh, Andrew Carnegie. Oh yeah. And he made his way, his, his wealth, uh, in multiple ways, but one of them was through the steel, the steel industry. And, um, he had a student, or he he had a young kid come up to him, uh, who was a writer at the time, um, who basically asked for a job, and you know Andrew Carnegie thought of, thought about it, and finally came back and and responded, and said, you know, I, I can get you in touch with the wealthiest man on the planet um, if you would just study them and basically put a report together hmm. uh, for the next twenty years, but I'm not paying you anything. Huh? And what do you say? And this guy was named Napoleon Hill. And Napoleon Hill said yes. Uh, so he studied the wealthiest people on the planet for 20 years. And he you know, he put a bunch of stuff together. But uh, the book was called um, The Law of Success in 16 Lessons by Napoleon Hill. When that came out, they quickly realized he was literally giving away basically like the secrets of the world or whatever in this book. Because it's not just like habits. He was breaking it down almost to a science, uh, found similarities in what these wealthy people were doing, uh, how they approached life, what time they, to the point to what time they got up in the morning hmm. and what time they went to bed and physical activity, all those kinds of things from the masterminds. Guys, we're talking about the early 1900s, this stuff was talked about and it came out in this book and then um, they basically quickly took it off the market and you know told him to basically, you know, make a watered down down, yeah dumb it down make a watered down version of that but nowadays you can actually you can get that book now now. yeah but back then you know it was like they couldn't believe that someone actually put that together and uh, gave away the secrets of the world when you study for 20 years I mean you're gonna put something amazing together 
And you're, oh, yeah. How knowledgeable that guy was. Yeah. I mean, from there, he became a millionaire. And not only that, he's made tens of, you know, hundreds of millionaires himself just by his teachings. Um, so isn't that crazy? He got paid nothing yeah. but became a millionaire. Um and was around and, and the goes, wealthiest people on the planet. And that goes back to what you said in the beginning of like what you take in and what you put back out. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You put junk in, you're going to get junk out. He put thorough study into these human beings and, to, and into the topic. And that is what he got in return. To the point where people still study like hardcore this guy's work. Um, and are still developing things from his original works. Um, it's something incredible. You're talking about a hundred years later. Yeah, it's unreal. So obviously, you still and you still actively, you, you're constantly always buying books, and you're you have new books every all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm a huge fan of the actual physical book. Like I like I like holding the book. Yeah. I like the smell of the pages. How weird that sounds. It's just like that feeling that I'm actually holding it yeah. uh, versus I do have books. Um, like e-books, whatever. Like e-books and stuff like that. I, don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I, can't, I like to highlight. I like to write. I like, okay. I like that kind of, and I also like to just hand it to somebody who I feel like it would inspire or help. Um, and it's easy with something that's not physical to be out of sight, out of mind type. Yeah, to exactly. Have mentality, mentality. When it's there, it's just sitting on your shelf. You're like, you know what? I want to read that book. I haven't got to that book yeah. yet. I only read half of that book or I skimmed through it. Maybe I should, you know. Actually or I remember the notes on that book. Yeah. I want to go back and like refresh myself or whatever because they're, they're that powerful. And I also buy doubles of books that I feel very, that I was influenced by heavily. Um, that all the time I send people or give people books without charge all the time just because um how you know impacted i was by the books um yeah that goes without you know without saying but you, do you do do you do audiobooks or anything like that or no because i know i remember before we used to go to okay 100 so that's the easiest way yeah. to when you're driving the car yeah to- but that's listening to books reading books and listening to books are two different things when i read a book i need a hard you know obviously a, you know like a paperback or hardback but listening to books um, I only do that when I'm dri- driving. Okay. Um, and I drive a lot, so I am. I listen to personal development at least two hours a day. Would you get the physical version of an audio book to later on go back and notes on or do whatever? Like you like like you'd like to do, go back and take notes on something like that. Yeah. Uh, actually, believe this or not, uh, half of the books that I bought were already books I've read on okay. in the physical form. It's re- a lot of it's for review, and or it's a book I read like ten years ago, and I'm driving. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna buy that book. It's like ninety nine cents, so I buy it, and then they're just authors just talking. And like I said, I drive for at least two hours a day, so yeah. I'm listening to you know I could you know knock out a book in two days. True. Um, so uh, so you don't, you won't buy like a brand new book as an audio. You get something as more something you already. I went have, through in some form or another. No, no, no. I have I have bought books that I had no idea what I was going to get at him just because I burnt out the books I okay on tape that I already did have. Um I yeah, no, I, I actually I do that regularly. But the thing that that's kind of shifted is podcast. Yeah. Podcasts really have changed the game a lot. So podcasts are free and they're yeah. there's a vast amount of them. And oh absolutely. We're recording one right now, but yeah, I listen to other people's podcasts. I appreciate the the audio aspect and and the medium that this knowledge is delivered in. Oh, absolutely. It's it's so awesome. Like literally they used to tell us, you know, like remember you 
remember, think of your car as a university on wheels. And I always remember that. So, you know, when, you know, I, my life is constantly progressing versus the person who, um, just listens to random stuff or doesn't listen to anything at all driving into work or whatever. Yeah. Um, or just music. I also listen to music, but I make sure the bigger portion is the university on wheels. Yeah. So a lot of times on my way home, uh, like my second portion of that ride, I listen to music just kind of like, kind of chill out. Yeah. Just chill out. I'm almost home. I got like 10 minutes. So I get home and listen to two or three songs and kind of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Just jamming Good up. stuff, just jamming out. And <laughs> get home, big fat smile on my face. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. But I make sure I get it in. And I also read uh, before before I start work. Okay. Um, depends on how my lunch break goes. Um, and then at night. Okay. Well, not a lot. It's not It's not like I'm reading like an hour in the morning. Hour. No, I'm talking about like, like the 15 five to there. 10 minutes, okay. you know, at lunch because I need to eat. Well, yeah. Um, and and I and I you know socialize as well, but in the morning it could it depends. Sometimes I'm you know up in it early, back from the gym, doing all that stuff, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, you know what? It's too early to leave. I could be reading for forty five minutes straight. Sure. That day I won't read at lunch and I won't read at night. I just I got my time in. I feel good. I, I don't read for time. I feel until like I feel my not my brain is filled with a great idea. Sometimes Ooh. you could just read just. Like I said, there's just a lot of junk out there, and you have to just kind of filter through, and then finally, boom, boom, you come across that paragraph. You're like, whoa, yeah, I'm gonna leave it right there at that little nugget. Because I remember you used to like, um, I think it was the, I think it was the Bible. You said you used to just like open up and like open up a passage and see what like what hits you, kind of. Yeah, like, yeah, I, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I'll do. I still do that every once in a while, but i started getting really into like just capturing the entire story of something okay yeah you can do that with um like a proverbs and a psalms in the bible um just because they're not. like little you know snippets yeah. of no, knowledge obviously. they're like dropping dimes so that's what i would mainly do that for but yeah every once in a while i would do that and i would land in the middle of the story i'm like wait what's going on here yeah. <laughs> so i stopped that method but i would do it in the middle of a psalms or like i said a proverbs okay. yeah so you can do that sense. Easily. Obviously, you can't just open up a random book. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, it's great. I don't know any of the context that's going on in this book. Oh, it's great. I mean, you can see right here. My Bible's sitting right here. And then I got another book sitting on top of it titled uh, God's Promises for Your Life. Huh. And it's um, it kind of goes over the same thing. Uh, obviously, verses from the, the Bible, but it kind of organizes them. So, oh, like, okay. if, you know, you can go in the back and say, like, oh, you know, I'm feeling stressed out. So, they, they put together all the verses that... In the Bible, hits on the top Almost of like stress. Almost like an index. Yes, so it's kind of like this little thing, and it's that's a, interesting. God's promise for your life. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. It's like a, it's it's more of like a reference book for me. Okay. Obviously, it's not the Bible, but it has all Bible Bible verses in it. But it's a it's a quick reference book for me, and it's small, so I like I like to, you know, carry that. Well, at around. least it's smaller than the Bible. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it, man. I like to read. All right, so I mean, we're we're gonna wind down too because I think we've been talking for a little while now. But um, with just one last thing, like before we go, like uh, total non sequitur. I actually prepare some questions and get, get to any of them, but yeah, um, just go to rapid fire. So, yeah. what did, what do they call that? What's that called? Like yeah, like rapid. It is fire rapid question. fire, or yeah. like the it is oh the lightning round. Lightning round. All right, so we're going for the lightning round for the closing segment. Yes. Um. So and you already have some tattoos. Would you? Yeah. Do you want? Do you want to add on to that? Or do you want something 
totally different on like a different part of your body? Uh, yeah, so I have a quarter sleeve on my, actually half a sleeve, I'm sorry, half a sleeve on my um, left arm, and I, I uh, yeah, this is this has been in like very recent discussions, location, not sure, um, but, uh, you know, I have themes, so I, I definitely have, um, you know, you know, images that I want that kind of all make sense together. So okay. the answer to your question is yes. Location, not sure. Theme, yes. And has to still deal with, uh, you know, being like the leader of the pack kind okay. of thing. So it's kind of in that theme. Um, but I would know, I know exactly what it is. Because the one you that's a tribute more to your dad, right? Or is it kind of... No, I mean, this is my entire, like, family. Okay. Um, so, well, I mean my parents, I'm sorry. Gotcha. Um, and really like my beliefs. Um, yeah. So I have like obviously a cross, but it's like in roses. I have the, I can, I will, um, which was the, the saying, uh, was that was going around when my dad was battling pancreatic cancer. Um, on the inside I have like a, you know, like a cool, uh, saying that says, uh, perdoname, which means forgive me. Mm. Obviously, none of us are perfect, so, you know, some birds there for, represent my mom, um, there's all kinds of stuff, but they all, it all kind of, the artists kind of put it all together, and it, you know, it looks and makes sense, um, and so basically, I kind of want to continue that. Okay, um, yeah. But yeah, oh, definitely, that's something, you know, me and my brothers, we talk about all the time. Would you ever get something, like, because you have something that's obviously brotherly with among all you would you on get the other like- side yeah my first tattoo was um brotherly love obviously from the philadelphia it's the l-o-v-e that red l-o-v-e that sits in uh from love, love park. park yeah and uh we got like stars underneath it three stars underneath it, and the ones that's colored in indicates which lineup you know which part of the lineup you came in so the last one's filled in for me because i'm the third and last brother would you get anything like that's maybe not like something right directly identical to each other would you get something like that's more somewhat connected but more personal to each individual but they're kind of somewhat related if that makes any sense with my brothers yes um i don't think so i don't no no because i feel like we got that and it's kind of you know it it did the thing okay that That was my first tattoo so that's the reason why i didn't want to touch that arm I went to the other arm and then made the tribute to basically my belief and my parents. So I already have kind of something like for my brothers. Now it would be more for like my own family if I were to get something like that so outside James of the Yeah, and... exactly. It wouldn't be. Um, yeah. I, I also don't want to just. I've waited so long. So I don't. If I do get anything, I don't want to just slap some, you know, stuff well, on yeah, just no, to get not. it. So all, all the tattoos mean something to me. So it took me a while to piece things together. But I'm at the point where I think I know. Uh, where you want to go from here yeah my thing is really location it has nothing to do with what I know exactly what I'm getting it's location yeah Um, so we'll see yeah but I have a big tatted up back who knows a a full body tattoo exactly you like the um, the lizard man or something right (laughs) (laughs) we'll keep on kind of with tattoos because that's kind of like a fashion thing would you want anything because like fashion is cyclical I guess you could say yeah would you want anything that's I guess kind of gone away but to come back at some point um, I, I think I, I feel like we're on our way there uh, with a lot of it I really appreciate it like back in the 20s 
no matter what you did, you had to get dressed up. Okay. And I appreciate that. Like Obviously, it got to be our yeah, it got to be our style because when we're at the gym, I, you don't want to be wearing you know like a suit or anything. But I'm just saying like. Just everything they did, they're always dressed up. Yeah. I just loved that era because every, everyone looks sharp. You have pocket watches and the hair is all slicked back and they're suited and booted. Yeah, I the men wore suits, it. the women were in dresses. And yeah. And I say I feel like we're going back in that direction just because you see, like the thing with the beards, because that was like back then, that was normal. Yeah. Then the beards went away for a long time. And people had like low beards, but the big beards are back. Yeah. No, and that was like a your, normal case thing. Case in point, your brother. With the, yes, the exactly. And so I feel like we're getting back to that, you know, like regularly fitted clothes, not those huge, crazy baggy clothes that they had like in the 90s or whatever and early 2000s. Now it's like kind of getting more of like stylish in that, you know, that old sense of um, old world almost, yeah. I guess. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I like high style, like, you know, well, you everything, know, like from the shoes to the, the kind of socks that you're picking out that match like your, sure. your shirt and the slacks that you're wearing like that i love that stuff and just you know doing business and handling your business or whatever i don't know that might be like this terrible thought in my head that that's how everyone dressed in the 20s but for some reason that's what's in my mind obviously i know not everyone dressed like that but you know in a perfect world well, at least the professionalism yeah was, was that that was the that was the the picture of it the image of it yeah i guess um, that's what you see like the old school pictures was everybody like you said everybody even the family pictures, everybody was like dressed to the T's. Yeah, yeah. Or dressed to the nines, whatever the phrase is. <laughs> um, obviously, your name is Jimmy Lee. It's actually one full thing. And actually, kind of go back to the very beginning. That's what, yeah. like, when my my boss said, oh, we're in a student. His name is Jimmy Lee. I thought you were an Asian student. <laughs> I mean, but have that. Did you always get that growing up? Like, no. No, because everyone who saw me knew they well, saw me. Well, oh, that, okay, that's true. Because yeah, I always did get the thing about my name, though. Like, yeah. where in the world did Jimmy Lee come from? Yes, I always got that. But uh, yeah, because my we have Hector and Miguel, and then you have Jimmy Lee. Yeah, you have typical um, Spanish names. Then you get right. the, the the most non-typical thing. Yeah. Actually, I did like a search. There's some website where you could do like a search to see who else has the same name as you. And literally, I'm the only person in the United States with the name Jimmy Lee Velez. Well, I guess I have maybe Jimmy Lee, but not. Obviously Jimmy and Lee Hispanic as their list. middle name. My first oh, yeah. name is Jimmy Lee. Yeah, exactly. So, that makes sense. And yeah, there might be a Jimmy Lee Davis or something like that, yeah, but yeah. the only person with the name Jimmy Lee Velez. I have so, no middle name. So was that... Did you did you have to be... Did you think you had to be like different growing up or anything like that? Or No. Did, I, that, did that add like any kind of different dynamic to it? I kind of felt a little it? bit... Of, like I kind of felt already kind of different because my brothers were already like four and five years older than me. So I was almost okay. kind of just like did my own thing anyway so in that sense and i don't mean like different as in like just being completely like shut shut off and weird about it stuff and just no i was i took life as it was i was in your average kid whatever but you, i always, always felt separate more. anyway okay. yeah because it was like they're already like for example like i'd be in elementary school and they're in high school yeah. you know what i'm okay. saying so that it's like sense. they're living totally different lives for to a certain extent yeah um uh but yeah i mean other than that um I did, there was a sense of me wanting to do different things in them, but that wasn't me wanting to be, um, you know, segregating myself from them. It wasn't I, trying to be different for a different sake. Yes, that's what I mean. Like, I wasn't trying to be different just to be different. I just wanted to do different things because that's what I liked. I didn't want to just necessarily f follow in their footsteps. So, I didn't want to just copy them just for the sake of just because I had no personality. Yeah. I genuinely felt like I had a different personality and approach to life, so I went with it. To an to certain things, I copied off them. Sure. Yes, because I watched what you know worked and what didn't work. 
Ozoma is seeing like your future. Yeah. In five years, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So sure. I kind of was like watching everything they're doing. So I took what I thought I want to do in my life and then, you know, put my little twist to it. So, um, so it wasn't being different just because, oh, I, I need to be different. It was like different because I thought that's what was best. Okay. Yeah. I, in my little mind. You no, know what I mean? Absolutely. And obviously you did that at a young age. That's obviously still, still too weird to think because actually you seem like a pretty forefront of like, in terms of like, Doing a lot of like more ambitious stuff. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think we all have that in us. Um, I I, re- I truly do. I feel like we all have that in us. Just you know, it's a matter of time when someone is going to trigger the emotion to take action on it. I guess that's what like the you already had that inclination to like obviously go into like the um, business um, first development. Then obviously. I just it was happenstance that I, I brought something like that to you. Yeah. That you already kind of in that realm that you like. That's when you really glued yourself to it. If that makes sense. Well, yeah. Um, like even growing, like I'm just thinking about this now. Like growing up, like you know, like my brothers were like, you know, they had to take me places, so they would tell me like, you know, you act cool, don't say nothing, don't. Blah, blah, blah. So it's already kind of guiding me on basically how to quote air quote be cool. Yeah. Whether that was being cool, or whether whether it was not being cool. When I was around, I, you know, like my own peers, it might have, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm just being cool. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I thought I was super cool because that's what, you know, the older kids were doing. And I was just, and then obviously I was around their friends. So yeah. all of a sudden when I'm in high school, now I knew all the older kids or whatever. That's so, um, no, I mean, so yeah, that definitely played like a role. They played like a huge, obviously a huge role in my life in developing um, the person I was. But I just I wanted to take my own path because of my passion, like where I, what I want to do with my life, not because again, not because I wanted to be different. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't. I didn't want to settle for something that wasn't me, wasn't genuine to me. I'm like, I want to do something that's you know sits in my heart. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So huge influence. Shout out to Goose and Heck. What trait do you most like about yourself? I I would say, I would say the trait that I most like about myself. But also got me in trouble uh, would be my sense of humor. Okay. Um, because I just love to laugh. I just want to smile. I want to see other people laugh. I just want to make other people laugh. Um, and But in school, in the middle of a class, and you're trying to make someone laugh, uh, the teacher is probably the one who yeah. doesn't think it's you know funniest. And for some reason... That makes it even funnier. So oh, then you start dying laughing, everyone around you laughing because we're all immature. Or everybody staring at you because you don't know why you're laughing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I think it would be my sense of humor. I like joking around or whatever. Wait, that makes sense. When I'm around the guys, we're always busting chops. Oh, and then of course. With, with my <laughs> wife, we have our own little jokes. Like I just love seeing people laugh. But even like being in a new environment, the first thing I'm looking for is like a joke because to me, that's like an icebreaker. Yeah, absolutely. Or to say something funny or to, or even if, I'm not saying like a joke, like a knock-knock joke, but I'm saying like something that's going to make someone smile. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Even if it's for a split second because it's a, like a little icebreaker. So I, I would say definitely. Sense At least it opens you up. It opens the, up the conversation to something else. Exactly. And lastly, um, what's an interesting thing that people, that you don't think people know about you? Um, I am a righty and I wear my watch on my right hand. Normally you wear a watch on your opposite hand. Yeah. I've never noticed that. Yeah. And it's because I, in 2004, I shattered my wrist, uh, in a dirt bike accident and I have like metal rods and stuff in my wrist. And anytime I wear a watch, 
it bothers the life out of me. So it's it's actually painful to the point where it's like throbbing in my wrist. So one day I'm just like, I'm just gonna put everything else on the other hand. So I wear my watch. I'm a righty, but I wear my watch on my right hand. So, and it was very awkward at first. Probably for the first six months, it was just weird. Because yeah, you do something so habitually. Yeah, it's yeah, you said it's awkward. Yeah, so now, uh, now it's 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 normal. To well, of me. course, now, yeah, exactly. You get but used yeah, to I it. Get used to it. So yeah, so if you see me, no, I'm not a lefty. I'm actually a righty. It's you can clearly see on my other arm. Uh, there's a bunch of scars on my hand, so you'll see <laughs> why, and I can show them to you. But yeah, yeah. So I wear my my watch on the opposite wrist. Awesome. So, so there you have it, folks. The lost interview, uh, the Q- classic Q and A between Gabe and myself trying to tap into a little bit of background of who I am um, and how I came along and how we even came to where we are today uh, with the Rotated Views podcast, a little bit of history. I figured let's just plug that in there uh, in the middle of summer. feel like uh, I'm a fan of bios, so it's kind of one of my things. I never had one really done on myself except for you know writing one, having someone write one up for me for uh, my website. But uh, other than that, I thought it was pretty cool. It was a fun episode. Yeah. Thank you, Gabe, for you know the interesting questions. It's not a traditional bio, but um, I-, I thought it was actually kind of cool. Yeah, we did. We did a good job. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, because I was definitely it, it sucked like the thing before that it got kind of messed up. But this is a a neat way to kind of re- redo, but not really redo if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. We're actually just paying tribute to a lost episode. That's really what it was. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.